Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Welcome to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and you're listening right here on News Radio 570 WWNC, 880 and 92.9, The Revolution. Hey, big news here. The Speaking of Travel website is full of great travel information. You could find links to podcasts, travel photos, and so much more. Just visit speakingoftravel.net. Hey, are you looking for a farmhouse or a funky loft or a nice little arts and crafts bungalow, you need to check out Appalachian Realty over on Arlington Street, right off of Charlotte Street in Asheville, North Carolina. You can find really great real estate with them. Just go to AppalachianRealty.com. And remember, you can listen anywhere, anytime in the whole wide world on your free iHeartRadio app. Listen, do you find yourself dreaming of your next vacation or planning a spontaneous weekend trip somewhere different? I know I do that a lot. Sometimes I just find myself daydreaming about being somewhere far off where I've never been before. And that could even be the Grand Canyon because I've never been there. Well, if your answer is a big fat yes, then you could likely be one of those millions of people worldwide who have a case of travel addiction. Well, my guest today, Rick Fornoff says he's addicted to travel, having been to 14 countries and every state except Montana and South Dakota. In fact, he's so adventuresome, he moved to Asheville in 1979, long before that was a thing to do. Welcome to the show today, Rick. It's so great to have you here. It's nice to be here, Marilyn. Well, cool. So you moved here 1979. I was a couple years before you, 77. I didn't know anybody beat me here. Not many. (laughs) Not many. Well, it's what's that saying? If you were lucky enough to be born here, but smart enough to get here, something to that effect. I think Mm -hmm. Yeah, we could definitely relate to that. Mm -hmm. So you've been a long time Western North Carolina resident living here. Tell us a little bit about you. Where'd you come from? Well, I grew up in New Jersey. And ended up after college, which was in Pennsylvania, followed my family down to Texas. Uh, my father actually was a career employee of M&M Mars, so I grew up near the M&M factory. My summer job in college was working at the Milky Way Snickers factory. And then my father ended up being involved with the site selection, the construction, and then ended up running the Skittles and Starburst factory in Waco, Texas, which is why we ended up in Texas. Uh, After four years of purgatory in Houston, though, I came to my senses and moved here. Well, it was a lot cooler, I'm sure. Very much, yes. Okay, so getting back to that Mars M&M Skittles part, Mm -hmm. uh, yum on that. I mean, what was that like growing up with all that candy? Uh, not good for my teeth, but you know, great for an interesting thing to have. My father's previous employer had been a foam rubber factory, and then when he switched to a candy factory, he came home smelling much better. I bet he did. <laughs> you probably wanted to lick him instead of kiss him, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Dad. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So, where did this love of travel start coming from? I mean, was that something? Do you think now, looking back, that it was a wanderlust or wanderlust that you were already starting to uh, foster? Well, really, 
growing up, we didn't travel very much at all. Going down to the Jersey Shore for holidays was it, or maybe visiting my grandmother in Florida. But once my dad retired, he and my mother started traveling a lot, and I started seeing how much fun they were having doing that. And they did start creating some family trips and took a bunch of us, the whole family, uh, a few nice places. And I think once I started traveling like that uh, internationally, that was one thing. The other thing is, right as I was graduated from college, uh, my best friend was going to be in British Columbia. And he said, well, why don't you come up and join me? He was there with his girlfriend. She had to go back to school. So we agreed to meet at the Spokane World's Fair at the front steps of the U.S. Pavilion at 3 o'clock on Labor Day. And I, who had never hitchhiked more than 50 miles in my life at a time, got on Interstate 80 in eastern Pennsylvania to hitchhike to Spokane. And I did that. It took eight days and traveled across the country, and then we hitchhiked up to within 20 miles of Alaska and then back across Canada. And that was a seven-week, really one of the highlights of my life. It was a wonderful adventure, and maybe that's what really sparked my love of travel. That is such a great set-in-time kind of moment trip to hitchhike, for one thing. I mean, for those of you listening, hitchhiking used to be kind of okay to do, right? I mean... There were places where there were whole lines of people waiting for a ride, especially in Canada. And it was really perceived as being a lot safer. I think we all worry a lot more now, and people are very reluctant to do that. I really don't think the world is that much more dangerous than it was then, but a lot of people don't agree with me. Right. So that was a big trip, seven weeks, and you must have covered a lot of ground going all the way from Pennsylvania to Washington and then up into Canada and then across. Yeah, it was 8,000 miles, and I did it on $150. Wow. was my total fund when I started. And so we never paid for a room anywhere. We camped or, you know, threw ourselves on the mercy of strangers, and it was great. So were you still in college at that point? I had just finished college. I see. It was so that like was my graduation present to myself. Kind of a little gap thing, little present to yourself. Yes. So what was it like when you came back? You must have been a totally different person then in some ways. Well, I was totally not sure what I was going to do. And so I ended up, after hanging around my university for a little while, just moved down to Texas because that's where family was. And was rootless, uh, got involved. It's not not travel-related, but what kept me around Houston, I got involved with a skydiving club, and I ended up being part owner of a parachute uh, instruction. We called it the Spring Creek Parachute Ranch. Uh, so, you know, it's maybe part of just being adventurous, willing to jump out of airplanes. So you were actually doing that, jumping out of the airplanes? Doing it and teaching it, yes. My mm-hmm. goodness, that is a big... Brave, courageous, well, crazy thing to do. It's less dangerous than it looks. <laughs> That's it's, one of the things about it. Yes. Really, it's less dangerous than it looks. Yeah. I never heard that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was kind of solid. You were becoming an entrepreneur. Yeah, that's the first time I had any experience with running a business. And yeah, it was mainly so we could afford to lease an airplane because our jumps at that time, 
I know they're quite expensive now, but we would sell a ride on the airplane for $5. So you could jump once you had your equipment. It didn't cost very much at all to jump out of an airplane. My goodness. So you did that for how long? Did that for about three years, made 180 jumps, and then I had had enough of that and sold my parachute and moved up to Asheville. Oh, right. So now we can start dating where we are as far as uh, decades go and Mm -hmm. what was kind of going on there. So moving to Asheville, when we come back from the break, let's pick up right there and start talking about what it was like when you came here and you started getting, I guess, settled in because you're still here. Mm -hmm. That was... What, 30, 40 years ago? I mean, we're getting on now to a long time. 38 years ago, yes. Wow. So that's really cool. Well, let me just ask you this. When you moved here, did you realize at that time that this was where you were going to kind of settle down or use as a a jumping off point? I wasn't thinking very much about it. Just looked like a, a nice small town, and we figured we would raise a family and a much better place to raise a family than Houston would be. Right. Mm-hmm. So you just came on up. We just loaded everything we owned into a rider truck and towed a car here and just showed up one day with no prospects and no place to live. We just arrived. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Rick, for being on the show today. It's really great to have you here and catch up. And, you know, you and I have known each other for a long time since we've been here. Kind that's of, right. I can't even remember where we met, but I that's the way Eshel is. It totally is. Well, listen, you're listening to Speaking of Travel. We'll be back after the break. We're here talking to Rick Fornoff. We're going to get some uh, travel information, a few travel tips from Rick. He's been around the block a few times, right? Yes. (laughs) Yes. All right. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This football season, speaking of travel, is joining the tailgating celebration, featuring the food, drinks, and colorful characters that gather in college stadium parking lots on game days. Our good friend, veteran journalist, and author Doc Lawrence will be sharing the flavors and aromas that make this so much fun during the fall. You can be sure that Doc will have celebrities and restaurant recommendations. You can tune in each week through December for all the fun right here on Speaking of Travel. Latino buying power is huge and rising fast. If you want to tap into this new market, then connect by advertising in Ola Carolina magazine. This glossy Spanish language magazine is published monthly and reaches over 70,000 Spanish-speaking residents in Western North Carolina. Ola Carolina magazine is about much more than just speaking Spanish. It's about Latino culture. Visit OlaCarolina.com and transform how you attract in Engage and connect with Latino customers. People call Asheville home for all different reasons, and they all mean a better quality of living that reflects their very own uniqueness. Whether you're looking for a funky loft in downtown Asheville, an arts and crafts bungalow in a walkable community, or a small farm to create your own artistic legacy, Appalachian Realty Associates will help you find properties as unique as you. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street, right near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars. 
Let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. You're listening right here on News Radio 570 WWNC, 880 and 92.9 The Revolution. And remember to go to the Speaking of Travel website, speakingoftravel.net. There you'll find links to past podcasts, photos, great stories about some of the guests that I've interviewed. They are so amazing, inspiring, full of educational tips, too. And remember, you can listen anywhere, anytime in the whole wide world on your free iHeartRadio app. And you know, a couple of weeks ago, I had some friends who were passing through town. They were looking for a place to live. And I said, you have got to go over to Appalachian Realty. Their office is right off of Charlotte Street, right over on Arlington Street. It's a cute little arts and crafts bungalow that they have. And if you're looking for a cute little arts and crafts bungalow, maybe over in West Asheville, you need to get in touch with them. That's just visit AppalachianRealty.com. And remember, you can go to Twitter, and there are Twitter feeds there for speaking of travel. It's speak travel to me. That's the number two. Hashtag speak travel to me. Well, speaking travel to me right now is my guest, Rick Fornoff. Rick is a longtime resident of Asheville, North Carolina. And Rick, it's so great to have you right here in the studio. Great to be here. Well, thanks. So we were talking before the break about your your beginning, your little travel, exp, uh, let's see, experience, we could say, across the country, across Canada, making all these changes, owning a parachute and jumping out of plane company. That's so cool. And then moving here to Asheville. So once you got settled here, you had no place to live. You, What was going on? Well, we found a crummy little apartment where we lived and spent the first four months unemployed doing every kind of tourist thing that one does in Asheville, going on the parkway and seeing the Biltmore State and doing all the touristy things, and then got employed and uh we weren't married when we moved here, got married shortly after, and had a couple kids and started raising children. And, uh, you know, didn't do too much travel early on. I'll tell you a kind of a defining thing that really opened up my world of adventure and possibility. Uh, my parents had been traveling widely. They were big in doing cruises since my father had retired. And we were all together with the family one Christmas. And my parents were talking about a trip they'd made to Africa five years earlier. They had met somebody on one of their cruises who invited them to go along on this camping trip. And my mother wasn't very interested in camping, but my father said, this one's for me. I, I want to go to Africa. So they went. And it was rather, well, call it glamping. It was very nice camping in these tents. So my parents, anyway, at the time with the whole family together said, we think everybody should have a chance to see Africa. So we're going to give you all a choice. You can either inherit some money down the road, or we can just all go to Africa. And we all said, let's go to Africa. So on my parents' dime, which was wonderful, 
18 of us went. All I have three siblings. So there were a number of cousins, one set of in-laws. We all went to Kenya and went in the Masamara and did a camping. These were three-room tents with a little bathroom, and they would heat up bags of water in the morning so you could have a shower. And the staff, there was more staff than there were guests on this trip. And we went to several different places on that trip. And it was just a magical experience and a great chance to connect with my siblings. Uh, We lived in very far apart places, and we were all there together with little to do but talk in the evening. So it was a wonderful trip. That sounds like a wonderful trip. And we've done a lot of shows about Africa. So Again, you know, having that affirmation of such a magical place mm-hmm. and then to be there with your family and experience that. What a beautiful gift your parents gave to all of you. It really was. Absolutely. So when you came back from that trip, did you start feeling like, wow, I'm ready now to start getting out a little bit more? There was that and then one other trip I'll mention, which opened up another part of the world. Uh, My daughter at Reynolds High School was going to go on a trip to Italy, and it was a school trip, and I was filling out all the permission forms that parents fill out, and there was an agenda on there which looked fascinating. So I just scrolled at the bottom, this trip sounds great, can I go too? And I heard from the teacher who said, well, there's a mom of one of the girls that's going, and we have a couple teachers going, but yeah, you you can come. So my first time in Europe was going to Italy with three adults and 17 high school students. And we had a tremendous time there. And just to see what Italian or European culture was like was really eye-opening. It's something I, I really think everybody should have the chance to do. That's really beautiful. I had an opportunity a couple of years ago to travel to Italy with my daughter. And mm-hmm. it was her first trip to Europe. And the memories that we made, the connections, and we were there with my family, who had brought all the family together Mm -hmm. um, to be able to travel and experience new foods and new language and new culture together uh, is really such a beautiful, again, a beautiful thing and a beautiful gift. And you said the key word in that last sentence, it's the experience. I'm not a big one for buying uh, things. But experiences are something I would definitely pay money for because you keep those memories forever. Uh, They really don't wear out. They they just grow on each other. And anything you have, they say that when you buy an object, the kind of the thrill of it, the really positive feeling you have goes away in six to eight weeks. But that's not true with memories. Right. So have you ever, uh, I'm sure you have, talked to your daughter about that trip, like did you how did you process that when you came back? Was there did you just feel a closeness with with her having been there and been a part of all of that? Uh, there was a closeness, and one thing that I really enjoyed noticing was how adventurous she was. There were some people on the trip that also hadn't traveled much who were very nervous about it and One thing I've always encouraged both my daughter and my son to be is adventurous and open-minded, and they both are very much. In fact, my daughter has been living in Ireland for eight and a half years uh, because she's just open to whatever. 
And my son, I think at one point when he was 24, he said he his goal was to be in one country for every year of his life. And at that point, he was keeping up because he had traveled around Europe in his gap time right after after high school. So really, you know, I've talked about this a lot of um, sometimes when you're young and you're traveling with your parents to grandma's house, maybe over the state line, you're having a travel experience. And sometimes your parents are taking you to Africa or they're taking you to far off places or they are pilots and have you have free trips to everywhere you want to go. But the bottom line is the families who travel together, ultimately their kids do seem to have more of an adventuresome type of mindset. I think there's something about travel. Well, I've actually given talks about the fact I think travel should be mandatory for every American. I think so many Americans have a provincial feeling about our country being great and the only way to be. And when you get out and find out that there's a lot of other wonderful countries and they're they are doing things maybe in a different way, but that are equally valid. It really opens up your mind uh, to what's possible. I think one of the things my children also benefited from was uh, their mom took them to trips like to Guatemala, uh, where they went to a language school and got to experience, you know, staying with families and how somebody who's not very well to do would live in some fairly rustic conditions, giving them appreciation for what they have here much more than they had before. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Rick, for being on the show. Let's pick up right there and talk a little bit more about that when we come back from the break. Okay. All right. This is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. We'll be right back. People call Asheville home for all different reasons, and they all mean a better quality of living that reflects their very own uniqueness. Whether you're looking for a funky loft in downtown Asheville, an arts and crafts bungalow in a walkable community, or a small farm to create your own artistic legacy, Appalachian Realty Associates will help you find properties as unique as you. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street, right near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. Latino buying power is huge and rising fast. If you want to tap into this new market, then connect by advertising in Ola Carolina magazine. This glossy Spanish-language magazine is published monthly and reaches over 70,000 Spanish-speaking residents in western North Carolina. Ola Carolina magazine is about much more than just speaking Spanish. It's about Latino culture. Visit OlaCarolina.com and transform how you attract in Engage and connect with Latino customers. This football season, speaking of travel, is joining the tailgating celebration, featuring the food, drinks, and colorful characters that gather in college stadium parking lots on game days. Our good friend, veteran journalist, and author Doc Lawrence will be sharing the flavors and aromas that make this so much fun during the fall. You can be sure that Doc will have celebrities and restaurant recommendations. You can tune in each week through December for all the fun right here on Speaking of Travel. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. 
Let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. You're listening right here on News Radio 570 WWNC 880 and 92.9 The Revolution. And remember, speakingoftravel.net, you'll find past podcasts, blog postings, all kinds of fun things. And remember, you can listen anywhere, anytime in the whole wide world on your free iHeartRadio app. And if you're thinking of moving here to Western North Carolina, get yourself over to Appalachian Realty. Just go to AppalachianRealty.com. Check out what they've got listed. You'll be able to find your dream come true home, farm, bungalow. It's all happening right here in Asheville in Western North Carolina. So my guest today is Rick Fornoff. He's a longtime Asheville resident. We're having a fun time catching up and finding out some of his great travel adventures. And I love that story about um, your you know, kids going off to some of these countries where they're poor and, you know, being able to have these eye-opening experiences that privilege is here. That's what we're living with. But you look at other cultures, not so much. Mm -hmm. But people are people. Yeah. And people are nice everywhere you find out. It's not like you're going to get over there and... yeah, you know, I think we. It seems like we're getting less friendly to foreigners, and I, that hasn't been my experience when traveling elsewhere. And that's something I think it might be surprising to people. I, it's a personal, maybe it's one of my core values is to trust people, and you know, I th- I say be trusting and be trustworthy, and maybe it makes it more palatable for me to travel. I, I encourage other people to travel because I think it's such a broadening experience and people will find out that, like you say, people are people everywhere. And, you know, getting back to uh, to our intro here that you've traveled to every state except for Montana and South Dakota, uh, you know, we can say the same thing about our own country. Right. I mean, sometimes you step into another state and it's like you're stepping into another country. Mm-hmm. The culture is different. The people almost speak a different language. Having lived in Texas, I can tell you that's definitely true, especially down there. Exactly. And being trusting and trustworthy, mm-hmm. such important parts of, you know, when you cross over any line, any state or cultural line. Well, I'll tell you, that's something you have to be when you're hitchhiking. <laughs> Having hitchhiked 8,000 miles across the country. And I did that again several years later just to try to recreate that experience. Of course, it wasn't exactly the same, but it was also, you know, quite an adventure. And seeped with memories. Mm -hmm. And that's the other part of travel is that you accumulate what I call a memory bank. Right. Yeah, there's something about that old hitchhiking trip I find remarkable and that it was a seven week trip and I can still remember where I spent every night for seven weeks. But just what I was doing just before that or just after that is a total blur. It was so many years ago and yet that something about being out of the routine, time stretches out and you you capture memories because it's not in your routine. It's one of the great values of travel. Right. And sometimes when you're not in your routine, uh, you can kind of step out and 
your adventures can be really great. Sometimes you can have little misadventures. I mean, that's always a fun part of travel, too. Tell us a little story about what happened with your parents on their misadventure. Well, one of my watchwords has always been that the worst travel experiences always make the best stories. I have some stories I can tell myself, but my parents, I think, had had the best or worst ever travel experience. They were flying from Texas down to Mexico, where my sister lives. And so they were up near the front of the plane. They were airborne going along, and there was a commotion in the front of the plane, uh, something going on on the floor. And then they got on the PA system and said, is there a doctor on board? Which is, you know, having an airborne medical emergency is always a problem. And a doctor rushed forward, and they were working on the person who was obviously lying toward the front of the plane. And then they got on the PA system and said, is there a pilot on board? Which is something you never want to hear when you're traveling. And it turned out that the pilot had had a heart attack. And that luckily there was somebody, not a commercial pilot, but somebody with a private pilot's license in the back who went up. There are always two pilots on a plane. You got the pilot and the first officer who are both certified pilots, but you always have to have somebody sitting in the second chair. And so this amateur, essentially, pilot went up and sat as the co-pilot while the first officer took over. Uh, They turned around and flew back into Texas. They hadn't gotten very far into Mexico, I think, because the paperwork and everything would be easier. And they took the pilot off, who ended up passing away from a heart attack. Uh, But It just makes me glad that I've never been on the plane when they ask for another pilot. Exactly. Oh, my God. Well, that's the thing about travel. You never know. And you have to be open to that. Mm -hmm. You know, adventures, misadventures, it all happens. It could happen to anybody at any time. Yep. But that, Mm -hmm. again, that's what makes those travel stories so great. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about, because you've been traveling a lot, and I want to make sure that we kind of cover a lot of what you've been doing. You've gone to 14 countries. That's that's a lot of that's a lot of uh, mileage there, Rick. Been getting around uh, pretty often recently, and uh, yeah, in the past few years, I'll give a, an example of a trip that we did recently. I've heard you mention on this show uh, Scott's Cheap Flights, which is a website where you can get plane, you know, great plane deals. And I was watching it one day. I get their little newsletter and. This was maybe in November, and I saw a an ad for a plane flight, and this was from Atlanta to Barcelona. It was a great deal. And so I got on and started checking. It's like, how much would it be if I wanted to fly from Asheville to Barcelona? And it came back $406 round trip from Asheville to Barcelona. Well, when you see an offer like that, you have to act fast. So I contacted... First, I contacted a band who we're friends with uh, called Delta Moon because I knew they were going to be in Europe, and they sent me their schedule. And then I called my wife, Linda, and said, how flexible are you in early April? She said she was flexible, so I got right on, played around a little bit more. And so what we ended up doing was we flew to Barcelona, and then we made our way to Germany, and then took trains over to Prague and flew back from Prague. You can often do an open-jaw trip, which means fly into Barcelona from Asheville and back to Asheville from Prague. 
And that costs $40 more, so it's $450. And if you figure that that would usually cost $1,000, you can figure that's $500 that we can spend on eating and accommodations and eating being largely a reason why I travel so I can try the local food. So that was a great deal. That is a great deal. And, you know, we had Scott on the show uh, not too long ago, and he – I was asking him about, you know, who are the demographic? Who are the people who are utilizing your uh, service there with Scott's cheap flights? And he, you know, he basically summed up what you just said. People who are looking at, hey, can I be flexible? Can we go ahead and find something and from there go somewhere else? And with the money that we're saving, we can eat more. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And I I use it like the places come up. One came up recently, which was going from Charlotte to Kuala Lumpur. Well, what do I know about Malaysia? So I started reading about Malaysia. You have to be ready to act on it right away if you see a deal like that. But being flexible really does help. And that opens up your mind to, hey, Malaysia, why not go there? Exactly. And being able to be... um you know, looking at, I'm going to make this investment. That's the other thing that people have to get out of this mindset of, oh, it's going to cost, even if it's four or $500, you have to look at it as an investment in right. filling up that memory bank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Rick, when we come back from the break, I want to talk more about, um, you've been to Southeast Asia. I've never been there. I want to hear a bit about, you know, traveling with a group versus traveling by yourself. It sounds like you've done it all. Mm-hmm. all I'll right. try. Yeah. Well, thanks, Rick, for being on the show. This is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. We'll be back right after the break. This football season, Speaking of Travel, is joining the tailgating celebration, featuring the food, drinks, and colorful characters that gather in college stadium parking lots on game days. Our good friend, veteran journalist, and author Doc Lawrence will be sharing the flavors and aromas that make this so much fun during the fall. You can be sure that Doc will have celebrities and restaurant recommendations. You can tune in each week through December for all the fun right here on Speaking of Travel. Latino buying power is huge and rising fast. If you want to tap into this new market, then connect by advertising in Ola Carolina magazine. This glossy Spanish-language magazine is published monthly and reaches over 70,000 Spanish-speaking residents in western North Carolina. Ola Carolina magazine is about much more than just speaking Spanish. It's about Latino culture. Visit OlaCarolina.com and transform how you attract in Engage and connect with Latino customers. People call Asheville home for all different reasons, and they all mean a better quality of living that reflects their very own uniqueness. Whether you're looking for a funky loft in downtown Asheville, an arts and crafts bungalow in a walkable community, or a small farm to create your own artistic legacy, Appalachian Realty Associates will help you find properties as unique as you. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street, right near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. Fly me to the moon, let me play 
among the stars And let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. You're listening right here on News Radio 570 WWNC 880 and 92.9 The Revolution. And remember, you can listen anywhere, anytime in the whole wide world on your free iHeartRadio app. And if you're looking for a really cool place to to live here in and around Asheville and Western North Carolina, you need to visit AppalachianRealty.com. Those friendly people have been helping Asheville find homes since 1979, right around the time you got here, Rick, right? Yeah. 1979? That's right. Yeah. Two, so two months before the first bell share well, was there when you I moved go. here. You must know Betsy and that crowd over at Appalachian Realty. Yeah, you, I yeah. think I think I, like you. I think I know everybody in town. Exactly, <laughs> who's been here a long time. A long anyway. time. Well, Rick, it's been such a great pleasure having you here on the show, and you know I've been following you for a while, and you're crazy travels and so talk to us a little bit you know you guys have been traveling now for quite some time going to all these different countries and um give me an idea we talked a little about scott's cheap flights and how you you know you look online and um but give me an idea of how over the years you've planned these trips like are you looking at all different ways? Do you look at groups or by yourself? How does that work for you? Well, my personal preference has been to what I've developed is doing my own travel planning. I really enjoy doing the research. I I really do like getting a deal on things uh, because you can travel a lot more that way. And it's it's surprisingly inexpensive. You know, you're going to spend money when you're here or you're going to spend money when you're there, if you go to some place where it's uh, inexpensive, you can actually find you're saving money. Uh, somebody gave me something uh, recently, a gift of a, a few issues of International Living magazine, which really opened up my mind to how inexpensive things can be. My sister retired when she was 50 years old and moved to Mexico, where she leads a very comfortable life and owns a couple houses, one city and one uh, more of in a suburb. Uh, but I like doing my own independent travel planning. Uh, that's not to say I, if the right opportunity doesn't come along, I won't take up take that up. Uh, somebody that I've known for a while, who I believe you interviewed on your show, Ben Porter, uh, sent an email about a trip he was leading with his wife to Thailand. And because Benjamin and his wife Meow live in Thailand part of the year, we just thought that would be a really interesting trip. And while I like to do the planning, there's something also really nice about just turning your life over to somebody else and let them tell you where to go, when to be there. And Benjamin and Meow did a wonderful job of lining up great places to stay and guides in the cities and transportation between the different places and an itinerary I never would have come up with myself. So that that was a tour starting in Bangkok, going up to northern Thailand and included a day and a half cruise down the Mekong River in a long boat, ending up in a wonderful town, Long Prabang in Laos, uh, which is a site where a lot of Buddhist monks go in to study. And just to be in Thailand and Laos was extraordinary. And 
Southeast Asia, to be honest, had never really been on my radar as a place I wanted to go. Uh, but thanks to Benjamin Miao, it was a tremendous trip. And their company is Small Footprint Travels. Right. Right. I believe he started maybe with a trip to Bolivia where he had lived for a year. I know right after we got back from our trip, he had arranged two consecutive tours to Cuba. And I know he's done Nicaragua, probably just wherever he feels like traveling, he'll organize a trip. And it's really something I would like to do myself, lead a trip like that. Well, it's, I'm sure a lot of pre-planning, which is what you're, what you like to do. That's my hobby. I think that the anticipation of travel is almost as rewarding as the travel itself. Little travel foreplay, maybe. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I get it. So that was a good trip. How many people were on that trip with you? There were, let's see, ten people on the trip. So it was just the right amount to fit in two good sized vans along with Benjamin and Meow. And it was a nice. I, I'm not really terribly interested in going on a big bus tour with 40 people, uh, I'd rather do it with a smaller group myself. It's more manageable and you can, you're much more nimble in the way you can get around. Well, what, what do you do when you're going by yourself? Maybe you and Linda are taking a trip together. Uh, what are some of the criteria that you consider in your pre-planning in regard to accommodations and where you're going to stay? Well, I love researching accommodations. We went with another couple uh, a few years ago. We were going to Italy, and I told this other couple, well, we're going to stop on the way in Dublin. We'll just meet you in Italy because my daughter lives in Dublin. We're going to stop. And they said, well, we, you know, go, we want to go to Dublin also. So we went, and I was able to rent whole big apartments with a living room and a couple of bedrooms for less than the cost of what two hotel rooms would have cost. Uh, that's through HomeAway. So I use HomeAway a lot. Uh, I use Airbnb some. I also use TripAdvisor to find especially interesting hotels. I'm a big one for trying to find something in an interesting location or with some character. I'm not too interested in staying with in just a regular cookie-cutter hotel, even a nice resort. I would rather be in a place in a historic area and a place with some character. So when you – when you, I'm trying to get my head around this because I wonder sometimes, you know, people who travel a lot, um, like what do you do for a living? Do you, I mean, how do you make that work? Do you have a budget? Do you have uh, – Money planning? How do you do that? Well, I'll create a budget for the trip, which essentially determines how long the trip is going to last. And typically, I mean, I I just know that part of my budget's going to go toward travel, and I I just set a goal for where I'm going to go, and then essentially I'll do it as cheaply as possible. That's why I love sites like. Uh, Scott's Cheap Travel or Fair Deal Alerts, that's another one. I use uh, the Google Google program called Matrix ITA Software, which lets me play around with a lot of different uh, parameters in terms of getting plane flights. It's a wonderful piece of software that lets you choose and find the best deals. Uh, so I, I'd say I'm a bargain shopper, but I don't stint and 
you know, end up, we stay in really nice places and we eat well. And it's, I think it's surprisingly affordable if it's done that way. So for somebody who's just kind of starting out and saying, you know, I'm feeling a little inspired here. I would like to start planning a trip. Maybe I'll go to Ireland or maybe I'll go to England or maybe I'll go to Southeast Asia. What what would you suggest for somebody who was just getting started? Well, get on some of the bargain travel things for plane flights. If you can be flexible and let the deals dictate where you're going, that's a great way to start. Uh, another thing we haven't talked about at all, but I've been involved with for years is couch surfing. A lot of people have heard that is a cheap way to travel. And I got that really got me started. Not not so much traveling as hosting people who are traveling. You know, if I can't travel, at least I can have the world come to me. I when I first got introduced to couch surfing, I just set myself up as a host and it started very slowly. I was a single guy living alone at the time. But over the years now, I've hosted more than 140 people at my house, total strangers. And I've traveled to 13 different places, including Ireland. And part of our honeymoon in France was staying with total strangers in Montpellier through the Couchsurfing Network. But the thing to do there was to set yourself up as a host and go to some a meetup and start getting references. The way it works is you give references to people you stay with or who stay with you. So there's that degree of trust that comes from reading references of people. So that's a site. Is there a site for that? Couchsurfing.org. And it tends to skew young. I would encourage, I'm obviously not as young as some of those people, uh, but I've had wonderful experiences. And actually, we have invitations from some of the guests that have stayed with us from Australia and Norway and England and Ireland. Uh, so we're just kind of itching to get out and revisit, you know, the, some of the people that have stayed with us. What a great idea. I think I might try that sometime. Well, Rick, it's really been great having you here on the show today. I'm so glad that we were able to connect and you were here to talk about travel. Where are you going next? Tell me real quick. We haven't decided, but it's probably either going to be Croatia or going down to Mendoza in Argentina and maybe going across the mountains into Chile. But I'm waiting to see what uh, things Scott sends my way. Like, And it could be Kuala Lumpur. I'm not really sure. It could be. Well, we'll catch up with you on the other side, Rick. Sounds good. Thank it's you again. Pleasure. It has been a pleasure. Hey, this is Marilyn Baugh. You've been listening to Speaking of Travel. I want you to go out and try something new. Try a new food. Try a new, I don't know, try a new route to work. Just go out, have a good time, and remember, don't postpone joy. Oh, oh, oh.